You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram. For daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also, for the podcast, a new sponsor this year that's just come on board and super excited to announce RCB Bank. Since 1936, RCB Bank has offered progressive products and a friendly service. Come in today to find out more about their loan promotion on new used refinance cars, boats, campers, and ATVs. Visit RCB Bank to learn more. RCB Bank, that's my bank, with approved credit restrictions apply. Now, let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This Is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at the Bedford Studio in Oklahoma City with Matt Thomas today to talk about, I guess, some construction stuff. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Excited to dive into you know to the world that you live in, and, and I'm sure it's been pretty crazy, uh, you know, last couple of years as well, but also in last ten, I would say, with Oklahoma City kind of growing and growing and growing. Um, but before we get into that, tell us a little bit about you. Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Chickasha, Oklahoma, uh-huh. uh, you know, so just about 45 miles just southwest of here. Um, actually, had lunch with my father just before coming here. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's home, and it's uh, always been part of my roots. Yeah, so grew up out there, uh, family farm, stuff like that? Yes, uh, grew up on a family farm, um, worked every summer, um, all of my off time, and, uh, you know, it's... It's kind of one of those things when you're a farmer, you don't ever complain about things. But I, I, I can tell you that there's a very specific memory for me that I'll never forget. Um, we were having one summer working cattle, and it was just so, so hot, like typical Oklahoma hot yeah. summers. And we were doing all the things you do with young calves, um, branding them, um, lots of other uh, very uh, unclean things, oh, yeah, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I all remember— All the fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember— um, almost passing out from heat exhaustion. And I told my father, I, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. <laughs> and he said, well, we're going to figure that out then. Son. Yeah. So we did. So you like, I need to get a degree and go into the world, you know, I went, farm is generational, right? It, like it I'm was, sure he was thinking, hey, I've got someone to rely on and take this, take this farm further and further. That's exactly right. We, um, our family has had the farm for uh, two generations in Chickasha and um, my father and his father, uh, John Harper Thomas. And then, um, but my great-great-grandfather had a really large ranch, uh, southwest Oklahoma, uh, George Thomas, mm-hmm. and he's even donated some of that to the Boy Scouts of Oklahoma, the yeah, Last yeah. Frontier Boy Scouts, Camp George Thomas's. That's really cool. Really kind yeah. of our, some more of our family deep history. roots then, yeah, yeah, a lot of family history. So growing up, your brothers and sisters involved in the family business as well? Oh, um, not necessarily. Um, I've got a uh, younger brother, younger sister. Um, younger brother lives at home, small uh, learning disability, mm-hmm. um, but Works really hard on the farm, and then um, my sister is actually a, a PT in Tulsa, okay. and so she's uh, she's the medical side of the yeah, group. yeah yeah. So I guess now when you go back to the farm and go back to see mom and dad and hang out, like it's more of a release rather than like 
back in the day, like you're grinding sun up to sundown. I, I definitely don't get enlisted anymore. <laughs> and that's a great thing. I, I de- definitely appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, so when you basically say to dad, like, I don't, don't think I want to do this for the rest of my life, you know, how old are you? And then where do you go from there? Uh, that was probably when I was about, um, 12 or 13, somewhere in there. And, um, so we, we talked about my skill set and where I should go. I had a pretty strong engineering mm-hmm. um, mindset even at that age. So I went to um, ultimately to uh, Oklahoma State University. Um, I originally went for an electrical engineering degree mm-hmm. and realized pretty quickly I would spend a lot of time in offices and cubicles and not enjoying all the outdoor right. stuff that I enjoyed as a kid, even if I didn't cho- yeah, choose that yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. You realize what you missed. That's exactly yeah. right. I yeah. figured out the other side. And so... Um, I called home one day and uh, told my father, I, I'm not sure if I can do this. And he said, well, you're in college. You better figure it out. You're a grown man now. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we talked about it for a while. And uh, construction man- management was uh, the degree program I ultimately selected. And um, a couple years later, I graduated with, uh, I guess, 2004 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so growing up, did you go through the, like the FFA stuff, or did you realize early on that you're like, ah, I don't want to do this anyway, so I'm not going to worry about it? And yeah, then that's I didn't why really you do that. I, I did a lot thing. more of the. Um, I participated in a lot of the more core engineering things. Mm-hmm. That was kind of more my interest level yeah, yeah, yeah. than necessarily um, do I win awards in the competitions. Gotcha. That, that wasn't my thing. Yeah, yeah. So go to Stillwater, having a great time. Do you know? You change to do construction management. Uh, like, what's kind of like Oklahoma City and, and Silver like when you graduate? Then is there many jobs out? Two thousand four. I mean, obviously we had the you know the two oh eight oh nine was not fun for a lot of people, businesses and stuff. But right. kind of what was it like when you came out? I uh, I interned with a company um, out of Chickasha, um, CMS Willowbrook, and ultimately accepted a job with them. Uh, we did a lot of the work up in uh, Deer Creek area mm-hmm. the first couple of years when I graduated. Um, I literally went from an internship straight into getting a full-time job. Yeah. And that was, I was very fortunate for that. Oh, for sure. That's a great, I mean, great learning experience. And then to know you have a job at the end of it, which I'm sure there's a lot of people who are coming out of school this year, last year that, that are struggling to even find internships. Very much so. So uh, as I was saying, we got into doing a lot of the work up in the Deer Creek area. That was a really neat experience seeing schools come together. And then um, I got involved in several projects uh, for the state of Oklahoma, uh, Office of Attorney General's building, uh, Judicial Center, um, two pretty big prominent buildings on the south side yeah. of the state capitol complex. And uh, those were kind of the the anchors for me understanding larger complexity projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of led me to think about what my next path in life might be because it's one thing when you're building a school, you've got a lot of very simple things you're trying to think through, but you start getting into large historic preservation sure. buildings, you start getting... Very complex. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the state capital is still under renovation, right? It's been going on for a long time. I'm not sure what phase they're on to now. But yeah, <laughs> it's a exactly long phase. Right. Isn't That's it? right. Yeah. yeah. I remember I think sent a couple of you know messages and talked to a few people there, and they're like, "Yeah, we've got a lot of work to do." Yeah. Well, good for you. It'll look great when it's done. Exactly. Uh, I did a podcast down there with uh, Lieutenant Governor Matt Pennell, and we walked through like four construction areas <laughs> to get to his office. Like, how do you deal with this noise every single day? Like I said, just next phase. Next phase. Next phase. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be away from me at some point. They'll be at the other point of the building. By the time he retires. Yeah. <laughs> that must be really cool, though, to dive into like historical buildings and, and you know, okay, if it's a hundred-year-old building, which is quite a lot, you know, it, 
in Oklahoma, there's not many of them. That's, that's cool to look back, isn't it? I can see those stuff and the history that goes on. And There's a lot of neat architecture here in Oklahoma City that people gloss over. Um, some of the neat buildings there at the Capitol include buildings uh, designed by Solomon Layton, which mm. um, he has historic buildings all over town, and you can just see some of his architecture that really shines through and some of the real kind of core municipality buildings. Yeah, that yeah. So, Did you, so when you do that, you see the construction side, are you peaked, like your interest peaked by the the kind of architectural side of things and the creativity from that side as well? For me personally, I think that what I started getting my, um, uh, figuring out what my itch that needed to be scratched was, mm -hmm. was complexity. I liked things okay. that were required as much mental intellect as possible to yeah. plan a plan, um, to come up with a good strategy and work through that. And that kind of became my challenge going forward was how do I come to the next more complex challenge right. to keep me interested. Uh, the other ones that weren't complex were just, oh, they, they, they just bought the, the time to the next just, one. Yeah, you know, so. just fills the gap, but then you get one that you're like, okay, like I'm, this requires my full attention. And it's a challenge, and yeah. that becomes fun to accomplish the challenge. Right, no doubt, especially like if you're an engineer brain and you like to work things out and you're probably very good at math and just, you know, all that. Other, I'm terrible at math, so being an engineer would it would be miserable for me and I don't think I'm very good at organizing many people together either so that wouldn't be fun that is project based that's exactly what make, trips my trigger now so it's fun seeing projects come along that um, are things that other people have passed on that give me the opportunity to say well let's figure out a way to pull that yeah. off and that, does that happen quite a lot then? Uh, it happens more often than you think um, there are with the boom in construction um, that has happened really even in the last um, you know 60 days, yeah. it's really picked up a lot. Um, there's a lot of people that are doing construction that either don't have the experience uh, for it, they're novices to it. Yeah, yeah. And so it's pretty easy to get in over your head. We've got all kinds of really interesting nuances just literally right now with um, material lead times affected by COVID, mm -hmm. uh, cost escalations. So if you were playing a chessboard, it became yeah. three-dimensional even in the last 30 days, more yeah. than normal. Um, your eye is crazy. And I guess if you, you know, people signed contracts and they didn't put in the clauses for the labor, to, you know, the, the material price to go up and I mean, their profit's gone or even worse, it's, you know, you're, you're paying them to, to, to work for them, right? No, no, you're exactly right. And there's also uh, clients of ours that um, are nonprofit clients mm. that where we may have, say a year ago, helped put together a budget and yeah. a plan for a project. And now they've gone through fundraising through right. the toughest time of the world through 2020's yeah, yeah. COVID um, drills. And now they're wondering, are those numbers still sound? So yeah. it's a very difficult thing to kind of keep all those plates yeah. spinning and, and give confidence to them all. So, so you're with this company that you get your internship with, uh, and I guess you just start like climbing the ladder and finding projects to do and like, working your way up. And I, I worked um, for several years there, and then I went to a, a large national construction firm, um, and I spent about four years there. And primarily, I, I thought that that'd be a neat learning experience to see mm -hmm. what the national side of construction would be right. like. And I, I found out pretty quickly that. Um, the corporate environment wasn't something I was really accustomed to, and climbing the ladder was going to be really hard. Yeah. But I did see quite quickly that um, they had a wealth of knowledge that was great for me to soak up. And mm -hmm. so I, I kind of call that some of my earliest training years sure. post-graduation um, uh, from college. And so uh, sometime near the end of my fourth year um, at that firm, I realized that it was time to start thinking about, again, my next chapter 
And um, I reached out to an interior designer friend of mine, uh, Vicki Van Stavern, and told her what I was uh, looking to do. And she said, I think I need to connect you with uh, James Pickle and let's yeah. see if there's maybe something that might happen over there. Uh, and I got an interview and a job offer within days and went to work for Smith and Pickle. Yeah. And uh, I was thrown right into the middle of Chesapeake campus, which is... Which is awesome. That, that was quite an experience. Yeah. Right. That, so that's that's the one that's obviously in kind of off 63rd and South 63rd Street and where they're still building now. I mean, there's something going on across the street, which is going up, right? That's right. On the west side yeah. of uh, Western there. That I think there's a giant um, crane that's always there every day. And there's multifamily going in now. There's a hotel, um, which is all somewhat uh, evolution of a lot of right. the earlier plans by uh, Mr. McClendon. But um, yeah, so we um, we dived into some really wild construction years at Chesapeake, where the the buildings that they were commissioning were large, extravagant, yeah. um, complex, all things that really made it um, interesting and challenging for me. And I, I really, I know I didn't sleep much back then, yeah. and I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was some of the best years of my life yeah, in the yeah. construction world. Yeah, because you get to the end of the project and you like. Now there's this kick-ass building that we have, right? Yeah. That like is a you know the city loves this building. Do you guys have much to do with the boathouse district? We have built several of the projects okay, down I there, so. including Finish Line Tower. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So we've been anchors in that side of the world. Yeah, as well. which stuff like that stands out, right? Because you, you yeah. know you, you might go down there or you see pictures of people that you never met, and they have their wedding photos in front of it. Like that's cool, isn't it? With all the glass and downtown, and you know, there's. I'm sure it's fun, obviously, to just see the finishing product. But I'm sure it's it's probably better when you have a builder or someone who's commissioned you to do this that wants to take a little bit of a risk and build something that's not your average cookie cutter office building, right? Like that. Absolutely. You know, that's like I said, it's a challenge. Is there any that really stand out like that 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 were just kind of super? I mean, other than the Bohas district, that were like one-offs that you've like, oh, this is we've never done this before yet, but let's give it a go. Yes and no. Um, I, I'll answer that in two ways. Um, several of the projects that we've done, even in the last um, 10 years, have been complex, no doubt. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the uh, largest ones we did at the Chesapeake campus was their uh, central plant and data center. And it was just extremely fast, extremely complex. Um, there's so much hidden inside this one little building that mm -hmm. uh, you know, I could go on for literally an hour just telling you about all the little small parts that make it a special yeah. building. But um, that was interesting and great. But the things that really have been more intriguing to me, uh, as that's kind of evolved in my, my world, has been ones that have had real strong community impact. Mm -hmm. um, in the last uh, year, we finished, right before COVID happened, uh, the Oklahoma Contemporary Arts Center off, yeah, off of Broadway. Yeah. Um, a building with no right corners in it, with a completely um, new design for totally an exterior. Totally off the wall, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, we ran through so much testing on that just to prove that it wasn't going to shake itself to the ground. <laughs> um, you know, just it, right. that, that was uh, a wonderful experience in itself because even after doing the complex project, we were returning something back to the community. Mm -hmm. It was something that people were going to enjoy, just like your connection with things off the Boathouse yeah, District. Yeah, yeah. This is an education facility, and it's also an art appreciation facility, and, and it's just so yeah. many more things that um, 
I definitely saw the appreciation of giving back and what that influence to community sure. and culture is. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, it's it's so cool, isn't it, to see that building? I mean, people probably, they might not even know who built it, but just to know that they appreciate it means a lot, right? You don't have to have a big Smith Big logo on the side of it for people to you know call you up and say you did a good job. But, you know, it's it's cool, isn't it, for people to... And they've done a great job of, of putting so it in a great location. You know, it's just... And it, yeah, I mean, to have a board or whatever that wants to put a building like that in, I mean, it takes some, you know, bending some heads, right? Because there's going to be some people who are just like, ah, nah. It very you know, much It's hard, does. you know, we don't want to do it. It costs too much money, you know, but it's something that's going to stand out when people, when you drive down Broadway. And I think the excitement that will happen in the coming times is they've just now opened up to the public for a lot of their camps and things of that nature. And, of course, it looks like we may be on the downward trend from the COVID um, restrictions. But when that opens its doors fully and can be appreciated for what it is and what it's meant to bring, that, that will yeah. be a special moment. I mean, yeah. My daughter is enrolled in some classes out there this summer. So that's, that's a personal that's connection really cool. point, again, to see that happen yeah. and see her experience that firsthand. Does she have any desires to get into the construction side of things or architectural side of things? No, not, not none whatsoever so far. None? Yeah, no, no. She's, <laughs> yeah. she's my little um, art at heart kind of girl. So. Okay. We'll, we'll see yeah. um, where that goes. So she's definitely gifted with, with drawings and art side of things? Uh, very much so, I would say, in the performance side. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. She, she loves that. So um, I think she's taking a uh, costume design class or something like sure. that. So yeah. it's, it's going to be neat to see her. That's really cool. Yeah, engagement. I mean, maybe performing in a building that you guys have built would be really cool. Right? That would be really neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's full circle. That Yeah, I mean, it's... And it's it's great the fact that like you're born and raised you know in Oklahoma and you have this impact because I'm sure there's nothing worse than flying out of state building a building and it looks amazing but you never ever get to see that impact. I've been on a couple projects where the impact has never been felt yeah. and um, and that feels real uh, transactional and um, you know you, you still put as much care and thought into it at mm -hmm. the end of the day making sure all the all the things work the way they're supposed to and you know that. There's never outstanding issues or yeah. even that, you know, you check in with them from time to time, make sure everything's going okay, but it, it's just not the same. Right. Um, it's something special when you're building for your community. Yeah. And you, you know that your reputation's on the line when you're doing that. And for sure, yeah. So do you, what are the, I guess, what are the buildings that, or places that you guys have, you know, done that people would recognize in Oklahoma City? Um, <clears throat> well, a couple of- I know there's a long list, but, oh, yeah. you know, standout ones, I guess. No doubt. Um, like on Lake Hefner Parkway on the west side, um, Hearts for Hearing has a great facility we mm -hmm. constructed a couple years ago, um, which they've that, – that's its own little story, but it's amazing to think that they went from renting a small little um, facility over by Integris to needing a facility that they could grow into, and mm -hmm. then now they've completely grown out of that facility. So, um, again, that's great really story cool. to see yeah. local people doing amazing things. Um you know, we, we talked about the Boathouse District and the impacts that's had. Uh, the nonprofit community has really been a, a large cornerstone of Smith & Pickle's work over the years, and we have definitely tried to help um, several other organizations. Uh, New View Oklahoma, which mm -hmm. is the former uh, Oklahoma League for the Blind, uh, they have facilities off of uh, 5th and Douglas and off of uh, 33rd and Classen, and we've worked in both mm -hmm. of those. and. Um, it's amazing seeing, again, just the things that you're helping impact for yeah. people that, um, you know, literally need a facility that's uh, kind of tailored to their needs. 
Um, and that's what's really kind of neat about even their 33rd and uh, Classen facility is that it has training components to it to help people that yeah. don't know how to deal with being blind or, or maybe yeah. recently losing their vision, things of that nature. So Little interest, intricacies that not just on the outside, but the stuff on the inside that's of real need and value and a service as well that you've got to build into, right? Exactly. Um, and, you know, outside of the nonprofit world, um, we've done a lot of work for the educational sector. Um, like right now, we're building a lot of work for Metro Technology Centers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really neat, again, seeing all those things that we are able to, to do to connect back to the community. And um, one of the really kind of sidebar pieces to that is that there's not a lot of people choosing construction as their trade. Right. And uh, Metro Tech is one of those few organizations that are really working hard to try and bring people back into the construction mm-hmm. community. So it's neat seeing that, you know, here we are as a, as a firm that builds, that employs people that are passionate about what they do, but we're struggling to get people engaged. Yeah. And yet now we're building facilities for people that are helping engage people. Mm-hmm. And knowing that maybe these two things that we're doing together eventually will meet in the middle is a really neat thing to yeah, see yeah, come yeah. together. No, and I mean, to that point, right, you're right, like no one... I don't know anyone who's in school right now that thinks I want to go and be in construction management or be an electrical engineer or like the trade stuff. It's, it's there is a need for it. And there's going to be an increasing need for it as we keep going on, right? That's a big that's a big issue. Well, we still have cars. We still drive down roads. We still have buildings we need to stay, you know, sheltered yeah. from the sun. From um, I mean, housing construction's booming right now too, and it has for months. But mm-hmm. there's buildings. Um, there's an interesting piece to them that a lot of people don't think about, and that's that they have to be lived in and maintained. Even like the building we're in right now, if we just turned the lights off and left it for, you know, four or five months and then came back, we'd find that it's trying to fall apart on its own. Yeah. Just because these things are built for us um, to operate within and to function within, and they need us to take care of them. And mm-hmm. ultimately, with as much People that live in Oklahoma City and all the facilities that exist, we have to just continue to keep that, yeah. that box checked, keep working on them. Not to mention the uh, the adverse weather that we keep having. Oh, my. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. How, how was that? You know, um, a little uh, funny thing. My wife has harassed me for years about putting a storm shelter in. Yeah. And uh, we, we don't even have one at the house. And um, she's from Kansas, and they have tornadoes up there, too. And, um, you know, I've always said... It's important for everyone to have one, but yet I don't have one myself. Yeah. And I think it's just because, you know, I, I know growing up when I was young, we would stand out on the back porch and watch tornadoes right. go by. And we've we've definitely dodged a few over the years. But, um, you know, the weather that is in Oklahoma is literally every season that you can pretty much get. You know, this last year we hit our some of the coldest temperatures yeah. that we've ever had. And, you know, go back two years, we've had some of the hottest. So... Uh, that challenges us on every front, but um, that also makes sure that we stay on our toes mm-hmm. for using the right products and thinking through all these building envelopes correctly and yeah. things are sealed like they should be. And um, again, it, it makes it fun to do what we do. Yeah, because I guess people who don't really understand construction don't fully get that like materials expand and contract during heat. Exactly. Right? Like exactly. You've got to build in for that. Exactly. 
which is, I mean, that's a, you know, when you're living in Oklahoma and the weather changes all the time, like that's a legit need, especially when it's, you know, 90 degrees one day and literally the next day it's 30 and blowing 20 out the north. When we built Art for Hearing, uh, their facility, one of the funny stories about that was they wanted it to be extremely quiet, which obviously sure. they're working to try and yeah. um, help with people who have hearing disabilities. Um, and so when we... When it was designed and built, we took all kinds of precautions to make sure that that box was checked. And when it was done, it, it was a great, quiet facility. And then I started getting phone calls about every morning about 10 o'clock, the building would make this weird noise. And so we started going by and, and trying to pay attention at the same time frame and figured out that it was the building thermally expanding. Damn. And so we were able to work through some of those. But it, you're right. Yeah. I mean, that metal expands in heat. It's just like roads buckling in California. Right. You know, you had a plan for that stuff. Oh, that's yeah, and that's that's part of it, isn't it? That's part it of what is. makes it interesting and what makes you want to come to work every day and figure stuff out. Is because you'll learn something you know, new. Yeah, and then yeah. it's. I mean, that probably was the first time that that happened. That make noises, right? Kind of like a tree cracking. Exactly. Every, you know, just like oh. But it's funny that it kind of happens around 10 a.m. every day. Oh, the sun coming out and starting yeah, to warm yeah, yeah. all the metals up that had gotten cold overnight. That's over really night. interesting. Yeah, I'm sure that's super interesting to have, you know, those little things that you have to, you know, little, you have to get through those things, right? That's a big need for the, for that, you know, for, for the building and the people who are in it. It's like, we want to make this quiet and then you've got this random noise happening around 10 every day. Yeah, yeah. Best uh, laid plans, right? Yeah. You do your best. So, so with, you know, you, obviously I'm in the real estate world. So yeah, housing market's been crazy recently, but it's interesting that that is also in the construction, like the, the commercial side as well, right? That's kind of interesting to have both and people building stuff and especially with, I guess, COVID happening and nobody really wanting retail space, but more distribution and in industrial space is kind of growing as well. Like how has that been, you know, from your side and what do you see trending and stuff like that? Great questions. Uh, so last year was obviously nothing anyone could have predicted. Right. Um, but we saw a lot of the private sector clients that we were working with, everything from retail to office, um, really just completely hit pull, uh, pause or stop. Um, they saw that there were um, A, an inability to get financing, um, B, concern on whether or not things would rent or, or make any yeah. money. And so um, you know, we had some public partners that were great clients to have during that, and that, that persisted and kept us mm -hmm. going through a lot of those really tough times. Um, since then, it's been interesting to kind of see the grumbling of growth want to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, January this year, I was really still pretty concerned off of last year. Um, it, it, was, it, it was really tough to tell, would we see any specific market sector come back faster than another? Um, you said a second ago, industrial kept going, and we can relate to, you know, Amazon deliveries and all these other little kind of infrastructure-related things that just kept on going behind the scenes in a, you know, batten down the hatches at home approach. Um, what is I think still remains to be seen going forward. Will we see stuff like office return to a level mm -hmm. like it was? I think there's definitely a desire for social interaction that went away yeah. that's going to come back with fury probably and allow for a lot of these mixed use facilities mm -hmm. to really kind of prosper because um, that'll allow for all of the the retail and the social interaction and the 
uh, restaurant and all yeah. that to really just kind of play together. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's things that we all could, could hope for. Um, you know, we really would like to see more of the, um, the medical kind of kick off. And I think that that'll be the next kind of big thing, but mm-hmm. again, <clears throat> excuse me, but, um, from a cultural standpoint, I'd love to see almost all of these things I've talked about that have been really fun things like um, uh, than our nonprofit work, they've all related to things that are, require social interaction. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like we got to see all those happen again to allow businesses to thrive, to allow them to donate, to allow all of that to yeah. philanthropy, philanthropy growth to mm-hmm. occur again. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And it seems like Oklahoma City uh, – I mean, just does a really good job of that, right? There's just the giving. I mean, people do. It's, and I never realized that until I got here. Uh, and I was here probably a few years until I really understood it. But it was just like we're just nice people, right? Like people want to help and want to give and want to like. It's not like you have an issue. I don't want anyone anything to do with it. It's more like how can I help? What do you need? And you know, and that's through every level, right? That's from just someone walking down the street to you guys making a, a huge building or building a building and making a legit impact. Completely agree. And, you know, there's, Oklahoma City is so big compared to a lot yeah. of metropolitan areas, so spread out. Um, I mean, we live on the northwest side of town and there's times that you feel like you're disconnected from the rest. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know that a lot of these things help draw and pull everyone together. And that that is fun to know that all those things are so interconnected at a societal level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's that's fun to be. You part mentioned of that. mixed use, like places like Chisholm Creek, and I guess the new spot that's going up across the street from my is it on Broadway. There's the chicken and pickles at right. There's there's all yeah. these places that are popping up now that are like, you know, all continuing to be developed. They're like, oh, this is actually bringing people out, and people are getting the vaccine and comfortable now to come and hang out and socially interact. Great point. Um, Chisholm Creek was one of the uh, properties we helped develop mm-hmm. everything around the pond uh, up there. And that's off of Western and mm-hmm. um, uh, Memorial. And when it all came together in its first couple phases, it was fun to see the excitement level yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, last year to watch it just literally, it was like turning yeah. the volume off. And here the, the water's still splashing on the pond, but, but nobody's there enjoying it. Right. But um, you know, I ate lunch over the other day at, um, at Firebirds and you could just kind of feel that that underlying energy is starting mm-hmm. to build back up and that's that's exciting to me because you know a lot of these things that we've done on these projects have been unique but they need people to appreciate yeah. them um, like all the even the water feature up there that was a complicated thing to get it built and it was originally synchronized to music and so we got all that done and everyone enjoys it for a year and then it all goes, then, yeah, yeah, right. goes quiet. And it has like fancy lights and stuff. And yeah. it, it looked, I mean, it looked really cool. Um, the point, right? Is that what the it was called? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing the, the drawings for it. I was like, whoa, this, this is like not, I haven't seen anything like this in Oklahoma City, you know? And, and, and you hope that, you know, some national chains are going to come in or someone's going to come in and like make sure it's, you know, people want to come to it, right? You're trying to bring in, you're trying to create this this building, this plot of land that draws attention from big time businesses that want to come in and hang out and bring people in. And there's nothing more that excites people than, you know, like I think we, we used to joke that In-N-Out's coming, right? <laughs> right. Like In-N-Out's going to come to Chisholm Creek. And 
you know, people are like, no, really? Like, well, we're talking. They're legit on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just that opportunity to have big brands like that and bring people in and, you know, to have a place to hang out. Like, who doesn't want more places to go hang out outside, right, on a great patio with water features? And, and they've had concerts out there too, and they've had cycle bar classes on the in the, what is it, the, I can't remember the exact word for it is, but that place, you know, you got a you got a kind of a stage on the water, right? Mm-hmm, and there's right. like seating area, yep. amphitheater, stage. I guess would be the word for it. Um, that's really cool, isn't it? And hopefully you're right. People do start going out and using it and you get to see more people. You can get to go out and hang out there yourself. I think we're already seeing it again. So it, it's just exciting to see that energy build. Yeah, no doubt. So what, um, coming up, I guess, you know, what are you working on right now and what are you excited about that's coming? Anything you're allowed to talk about? Oh, you know, there's, um, there's always a lot cooking in the background, but, um, you know, we've traditionally had a lot of, uh, repeat clients Mm -hmm. that we have worked really hard to maintain. And, um, you know, over the years you, you build and establish relationships, some stay forever, some, you know, may fade away and then come back. Some of our greatest success stories come from some of those. Uh, so we've got some upcoming work at, uh, Cassidy school, uh, Oklahoma Christian, um, big big uh, organizations that yeah. we've worked for for 20, 30 plus years. Um, we just broke ground on a three-story healthplex on Memorial and like Hefner Parkway mm-hmm. on the southeast corner, um, pain management. And that is, uh, uh, that's fun because that's something that's not coming from any of the big uh, organizations. Yeah. That's all privately funded, um, you know, because in the last year you've seen a lot of the groups like Integris and Mercy uh, they've all reduced manpower mm-hmm. and throttled back, and they're now they're trying to restart all those elective things again. And so it'll be interesting to see them kind of get back in the swing of all yeah, that work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but seeing that the private funding's jumping out in front of it just kind of tells that's, you that's good. Yeah, it's all restarting. Yeah, yeah. So. Is there anything I guess buildings that you haven't built yet that like you know the type of building that you just can't wait to get your hands on? Like you know, you guys have done a lot of glass, a lot of metal work. Looks amazing. Obviously, the art center looks really cool. But is there anything else that stands out that's like oh, I'd love to build something like that? You know, um, I, I've thought about that, and that's a that's a hard question even for me to answer because I, I've touched a lot of different um, market sectors and building types. Um, but I think I've kind of reached a point in my career where. I'm starting to actually in, get real enjoyment out of bringing other mm. construction builders into that fold where they're in, seeing the things that have been fun for me. Um, I mean, d- don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be anywhere today without all the people that have helped been yeah, part yeah. of my, my story. And, I mean, this is an absolute shout-out to all of them. that They make this all work. Yeah. Um, every project manager, superintendent, guy – literally shoveling dirt. I mean, it's all a big team process. So what's been fun for me is kind of seeing my own personal leadership skills evolve and bringing a joy in some of these similar things to other people. Yeah. uh, So we can all do it together. And that's, yeah, I I would say in the last year, I've found more joy in that than even some specific project. Like, you know, could I build the biggest windmill or something? Well, that might be (laughs) neat for a moment, but, um, but again, personally, cultural impact is, it's probably my biggest yeah. box checker. Uh, to, I guess to the leadership point, then what, you know how how do you can continually kind of improve that, evolve on it? I mean, you read a lot of books. Like, how, I mean, that's something that's like it's a lot of it's learned experience that so you have to be thrown in the deep end and figure things out, and be around great mentors as well. Mm-hmm. But there's two elements to it too, right? You you can't you know you could get stale and be like oh. The, the, 
I've always done it this way. This is the way that I'm always going to do it. And people have to listen to me. And then things, you know, can go south real fast. No doubt. Um, and, and I would absolutely step out front and first say that I've made plenty of mistakes yeah. along the way. And I don't think that I'd be anywhere without learning from some of those. Um, you know, I feel like sometimes I repeat a couple that I should never have. I should have learned the first time. I've done know? this before. <laughs> Why does this feel familiar? Yeah, it feels yeah. way too familiar. But, you know, outside of that, um, I've always got a open door approach at the office to where um, there's no, I'm never hiding from an issue. I'd rather know about it and help problem solve it with the team than let them feel like they're working within a box on it. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time doing um, either one-on-one -on -one or multiple people problem-solving individual situations so that we feel like there's never, um, you're never left on a plateau by yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, because ultimately, with an organization like we've got, there's a lot of individual corners of leaders that are doing yeah, yeah. a certain batch of tasks. And they have to, you know, whether it's coordinate equipment, coordinate resources. Um, I mean, even as much as we think Oklahoma City is a big town, um, a lot of these tr trade contractors that we work with and treasure may work on, you know, this superintendent's job site uh, in the morning and that other mm -hmm. one's in the afternoon. And so keeping all that communication level really high is one of the yeah, things yeah. that helps make us successful yeah. versus just individual management that no one talks to each other. Right. So we work hard on that. Yeah, that, I mean, you're right. I mean, communication is key, isn't it, at every level. Uh, one thing I thought of, do you guys, has it been more of a focus on like environment, the way environmentally, like how you build buildings now, like you've noticed a significant change since you started your career and up to now, like, is it more of, do people talk about that more? Is that more of like with materials and sustainability and, you know, like lead base paint and all the rest of the stuff that you've had to use, but is that like a, I guess a significant part of the design plan and, and the build when you, when you're in the project is like you know, more than it used to be in the past. Hmm. You know, I think that um, that's a, a, again, mixed answer. Um, there's definitely been a push over the years to use more sustainable products. Right. Um, and there's definitely a push to, to try and incorporate as much as that, uh, of that as we can. And, and we've definitely tried. Um, at the end of the day, there's always a client who wants something specifically. Yeah. And so, you know, you can walk in and say, would you rather have a toilet that, minimally flushes or, or actually flushes. And yeah. so sometimes those choices Light get made. Light bulbs that come on straight away or wait to warm up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so some of those decisions get made pretty easily outside of your yeah. um, your influence. But um, I think that there's there's always been a global push to be more sustainable. And even locally, uh, building codes mm -hmm. and energy codes have adapted and evolved to allow a lot of those things mm -hmm. to happen. Um, but again the client still rules the roost in a lot of that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you could, you've got latitude up to the codes I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say um, it's tough to try and incorporate and push things that people aren't willing to mm -hmm. want to be passionate about right. um, because again typically if they're wanting to build a building they've got a mission they know what yeah. they want to do so yes I, I think we'd love to do more sure. um, how we go about that is it's definitely an evolution that's I've seen, I feel like, a lot in my um, little under 20 years of doing this. Will I see more in my next 20? I, I, I think we will for sure. Mm -hmm. um, the simplest example I can even point to is how fast electric vehicles have been brought into right. the scene. And we've built car dealerships. Um, Bob Moore's been a client for years. And 
it's interesting to see how, even how they're having to evolve their thinking to incorporate right. electric vehicles into just the infrastructure of supporting yeah. them at yeah. a dealership. Right. And that's a huge like issue at the moment, isn't it? With that kind of world is that, yeah, these cars are great, but do we have the infrastructure to the charging network to be able to charge these pulling from the grid? And I know back home they don't. Like this, it just... It, right now, it's not feasible, but you know you have these mega chargers and superchargers that are at the dealerships. I know the Porsche Oklahoma City has one, and it's you know like can charge the car in like thirty minutes. But if you plug it into you know your house, it could take all night. Right. Uh, but again, that's falling from the grid, and you need that like power source and the ability to have that when you build a building, I guess. So I, I think that we'll see probably more of those sustainable things related to electricity probably next. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more so than will we see you know, um, recycled woods sure. um, used in a higher higher uh, amount. So I think that'll, um, that'll challenge a lot more of the builders um, uh-huh. because, you know, quite frankly, there's the more complex the system is, mm-hmm. the less a lot of people dig into it. And that's kind of where I've always um, thrived is that yeah. if you didn't understand the system, most people would frown away and I would just dig in deeper. Yeah, like I want to um, figure this out because yeah. later at night it's eating at you while you don't know. Well, it, it, that and sometimes if the problem is complex that requires maybe outside the box thinking, mm-hmm. it, it's it's easy when the electrician is the only guy thinking about the electrical problem. But yeah. then when you get someone else outside the electrician thinking about it, well, now you can apply some maybe different thoughts to how yeah, we solve yeah. it. So I've always used that as my, my kind of one ability to try and get around and explore new ways to solve problems. Yeah, yeah. So, so you mentioned that when people come to you, they you know for the most part you, you're building for a client. They know exactly what they want. Do you guys sometimes have to like dive in and be like, I know this is what you want, but this is how this is actually going to work? Because like, there's two things in there. You have someone coming in who just sees cool drawings and like, I want my building to look like that, and then your side like, well, it's not going to stand up for very long if it doesn't. We don't do the these. Client things. always gets everything they want. Of you know, course, that's yeah. The, <laughs> we just sneak in a few different things. <laughs> well, but, you know, um, the uh, you can almost always boil down projects to. There's sacred elements, and then there's non-sacred elements. Yeah, Because yeah. um, obviously every building's got a function to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the art center is a great example. It does several major things within the building, and is an art piece itself. Yeah. Okay, that's that's easy. Um, but think about other buildings where, you know, we may have designed it to be architecturally interesting. Um, and yet maybe the material that we're trying to use this mm-hmm. time is something that's, for whatever reason, maybe it's too expensive to fit the yeah. the numbers that they want to spend on. And so we will help explore a lot of those things. Sure. Um, we have a lot of um, estimating uh, charrettes where we'll talk through those kind mm-hmm. of discussions. You know, what is important in this building? What are the things that we've got to, uh, again, kind of treat with a special kid glove, or can we bring some creative ideas to it and maybe figure out a way to get the architectural design yeah, that everybody yeah. really loves, but at a lesser cost. Right. Um, and so that, those are also fun, interesting challenges to get into along yeah. the way. Uh, well, like it's, I mean, there's so many buildings and people can go to the website and see your work. Um, I'm sure like you, you know, you're, you've been doing this almost 20 years and, and, this is just like there's so much more to do isn't it like there's always hopefully going to be work to do and the city's always growing um any part of the city that you haven't built stuff in yet that you want to get into we've um in the last year we've built uh projects on both the north side and the Mm -hmm. south side um really east and west so 
I think that the the things that are interesting to see happen. We we just finished last year a um, multifamily building um, off Fifth and Lee uh, mm. called the Bower, and that was interesting project to see come to life because um, it was right off of the core of downtown and it was meant to be um, privately owned homes um, but in a kind of condo style setting and so it was really interesting to to see the city growing in a new way Um, it's really easy to say okay well we're going to go down off of Fifth and Broadway and do something because then that's right in the core of where everybody already wants to be but that kind of expansion of the bubble is Mm -hmm. interesting to see happen um because you know, as I was saying about the far side yeah, of the yeah. city, there's all these pockets, you know, isn't it? Yeah, you've, you've got almost like um, more on the south side, and you know, chalked on the mm. east. You've got all these little areas that are their own communities of their own self. Yeah. But to see the the central core expand is kind yeah, of an interesting yeah. thing to happen. Awesome. Well, I mean, thanks for coming down, and sharing some stories, Matt. This has been. Uh, I mean, I've loved this. This is super interesting to me because, like, you know, it's it's cool to see like and to hear the stories from from behind. Like, I, I didn't know about in you know, the art center and and just the building at Hefner with the, like the creeks and just. I mean, just <laughs> you don't know about this stuff, right? And this is super cool. I'm sure people listening love that. Uh, so, for people listening, I guess they can go to the website and see the work that you do. And if there's anyone listening that wants you to do work, that's how the best place to contact you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. www.smithandpickle.com. We've got um, a pretty long list of all the projects that are on there. Mm -hmm. Um, We're getting ready to bring online a a map that shows all the projects we touched around town, uh, which is really kind of a neat thing for us just to see, you know, the, the, the growth of the company over the years and the growth of the town. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, for everyone listening, I'll post the links down below in the description. You can go to the website and check that out. And yeah, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Also, huge shout out to RCB Bank for jumping on board to be a sponsor. RCB Bank's loan promotion is here for a limited time. Head into any of their 40 Oklahoma locations to get as low as 1.79 APR on your next car, boat, camper, or ATV. Apply online at rcbbank.com. RCB Bank, that's my bank. Rate and finance with approved credit. Restrictions apply at member FDIC. Huge shout out to my sponsors. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.